through psychedelics, we are learning that God is not an idea. God is a lost continent in the human mind. Terrence McKenna Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Felonious Pundits. I'm Kentad Svensgaard, and along with me, please say hello, 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 hello to Mr. AJ Mass. I feel like we haven't left. I feel like we're still in the middle of things, like unfinished, if you will. Unfinished business, yes. Folks, this is a podcast about the television program Criminal Minds. Uh, we recap and take an in-depth look each week at an episode of the show. I have never seen the show before, so it is a first-watch perspective that I'll be giving you. And uh, AJ is our grizzled veteran who has seen each and every episode plenty of times, so he'll be giving us that perspective. This week, we are taking a look at Season 2, Episode 15 of Criminal Minds, which is entitled Revelations. This episode was written by Chris Mundy and directed by Guy Norman B. It originally aired on February 7th, 2007. And AJ, this episode is a part two, a continuation of last week's episode. It is a part two of the great post-Super Bowl episode and uh they put it right out sunday part one wednesday part two and let's see how many people stick around to find out the stunning conclusion of what happened to a character that most people had never seen before in their lives (laughs) right (laughs) uh so if you are just joining us for the first time ever on felonious pundits you might want to take a uh, which is odd, but uh, you might want to take a little step back and listen to the last episode so you can know where we are this week. Uh, but I will give you a quick briefer, brief, uh, a briefer, a quick briefer, AJ. You've been smoking some briefer? <laughs> briefer madness. Uh, previously on Criminal Minds, Tobias Heinkel, a.k.a. James Vanderbeek, uh, is our creepy unsub. And he kills a couple after a Super Bowl party and streams the whole thing online. Uh, JJ and Reed have gone to his farm thinking that he's just a witness, not actually realizing that he's the unsub. Uh, But they quickly figure that out. Uh, Reed has chased our killer into a cornfield. And JJ, unfortunately, has been accosted by the killer's killer dogs. And uh, before Reed can get back to help her out, uh, Hankel gets the drop on him and has gotten a gun and, uh, Hankel's dead abusive father speaks through him, <laughs> telling him to kill Reed because he's a Satan. Yeah. I mean, it's just your run of the mill episode of television. <laughs> Nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So wait, wait, we wait, do wait, open joke, joke number two for that. And that's how I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. We open uh, this week 
with a funky remix of uh, Sympathy for the Devil playing in the background. I kind of wanted to look up that remix, see if I can. I kind of liked it. It was, it was kind of like. That was the, the Neptunes. Woo, woo. Oh, woo, is that what that woo. was? That was. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. I enjoyed it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that that's playing in the background. And uh, cops and the BAU team have arrived at the Hankel farm. Morgan and Prentice head out to the barn where they find the dead dogs, the remains of that their last grizzly kill, and a shocked JJ threatening to shoot them before she realizes who they are. JJ says, uh, Hankel is the unsub. Morgan says, yeah, they know. They ask her where Reed is, and she lets them know that they split up and he had, he had gone around the back. Morgan takes off in that direction to see if he can uh, find Reed, and we cut then to Hotch and Gideon. They're in Hankel's house. They're making sure everything is clear. They find his computers and his monitors all set up, uh, but they don't find Hankel. They cut immediately. We cut to Hankel driving away in his truck, looking down uh, at an unconscious Reed. And then we cut back to the farm where the paramedics are checking JJ out and the sheriff is there. Uh, Prentice comes up and asks if there's any sign of anyone yet. And the sheriff says he's got people out searching. This guy's not going to make it far. And JJ's like, wait, you can't find Reed. Prentice says, not yet. Morgan comes up to Prentice and tells her, it looks like Reed followed Hankel into the cornfield. And it looks like somebody got dragged away. The sheriff gets off of a CB that he was on and lets them know that another sheriff just gave a guy that matches Hankel's description directions to a motor lodge in Fort Bend. We cut then to Hankel in his truck coming up to the highway highway sign that indicates Fort Bend is to the right. And of course, Hankel takes a left. (laughs) He then flashes back to a time when he was a boy, young Hankel, young Vanderbeek. And, uh, He's uh, with his father, who's driving him somewhere. Apparently, it's a long way away. And he asks his crazy dad why they are driving so far. And his father explains that if you want to feel close to God, sometimes you got to make the journey. He says, uh, when you start hunting on your own, you're going to find yourself a place where you're, where you're at peace. Uh, it's a powerful thing, taking an animal's life. You got to be right with yourself, he says. And uh, young Hankel says he doesn't want to kill anything. And his father just sort of looks at him like he's ashamed of him, tells him to stop that lip quivering. Sit up. They're almost there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Still playing in the background. Uh, We cut to a little bit later. There's some gross looking stuff frying up. It looked like gizzards or something. Beans don't burn on the grill. (laughs) Yeah, fish don't fry in the kitchen. We see Reed coming to. He looks around. Vanderbeek is standing there and he tells Reed they're gone. They're gone. It's just him now. And Reed is like, "Uh, what the what? Who who are you? (laughs) Uh, And he says, Raphael. Reed is like, well, what's that smell? And uh, Raphael tells him it's burning fish hearts and livers. Keeps away the devil. And I would argue that it keeps away just about anyone. But uh, that's, maybe that's just my opinion. 
I'm sure out there somewhere there are people who love fish hearts and livers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's international uh, food summoning uh, language. Uh, <laughs> the fish and the gizzards keeps away uh, the devil, whereas the milkshake brings the boys to the yard. So <laughs> exactly, yes. So anyway, uh, Raphael says they believe that uh, you can see inside men's minds. When he says they believe, he's talking about. Uh, Tobias and his father, his other passengers, so to speak. Uh, Reed says, oh, no, that's not true. He studies human behavior. Raphael shushes him, tells him he's not interested in the arguments of men. He pulls a single bullet out of the gun and tells Reed that the bullet is the will of God. He puts it back into the chamber of the gun and spins the chamber around, points the gun at Reed, and pulls the trigger. We hear the satisfying click of it not being a gunshot, and we go to credits. Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, it's still Criminal Minds. Let me just say, I think that the cops do an admirable admirable job in this episode. I think the cops are doing their best to try... Uh, they're not used to dealing with uh, a, a man with three personalities who has kidnapped a federal agent. They do a wonderful job. I'm suing the uh, medical staff in this episode for malpractice because JJ's got a concussion and no one seems to notice. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. It's like we got our locals and we're thinking that they're good, but the locals is a whole team and not everybody on the team is is holding up to the standards that they should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll check back with JJ later, but she she is not right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we come back from the credits and it's daytime and there's an SUV pulling up to the farm while it does. That gives Hotch time to give us our quote. He says, there is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. Ecclesiastes 7.20. Of course, I wanted him to bust out with there is a season, turn, turn, turn. But uh, (laughs) this is not a musical episode, even though, you know. (laughs) We jam a lot to the, to the background music. We, we make it up in our heads. Absolutely. <laughs> so Hotch and Garcia get out of the SUV. So they've brought Garcia in. She obviously would prefer to be in a swank hotel somewhere else. But Hotch explains if they're going to figure out where Hankel has taken Reed, the answer is somewhere in that house. There's no sense splitting time between there and a field office. So he tells her to think of the house as a witness. And if it could talk, what would it tell us? Uh, Garcia, this is a bottle episode. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, we, we, we spent all our budget uh, buying all these uh, 30 old computer monitors for set dressing. We don't have enough to put you up in a hotel. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Garcia. So Garcia does have a, a, her little snide remark of what she thinks the house would be telling them. But anyway, they go inside to meet the rest of the team. JJ says, welcome to our nightmare. Welcome to our nightmare. It's an Alice Cooper song. (laughs) No, we're just singing all the hits. Yes, (laughs) definitely. All from the late 60s, early 70s, (laughs) apparently. So Gideon tells uh, Garcia that the computer is an extension of of his brain. Tobias's computer is an extension of his brain. So he's going to need her to help dissect it. Morgan grabs her to go get her set up. 
and Hotch asks for an update. Prentice says that from the looks of things, Hankel hasn't left that place in years. It is quite a messy house for the most part. Uh, Prentice says that he knew he could pretend to be looking for a motel, and that would throw them off his scent. But Gideon says, oh, no, it's more than that. The sheriff's office, the 911 calls, every time he engages the police, he gets away with it, and it proves to him that God is on his side. We cut next to Garcia telling Morgan that this guy seems self-taught with his computer setup. It's very idiosyncratic, but it's, it's pretty brilliant for what it is. Morgan wants to know what he's been watching on all his monitors, and she tells him that it's all tame stuff like video games, software, sports. If she had to guess based off that who this setup belonged to, she would say some crazy smart high school kid. Morgan says that doesn't make any sense because a mission-based killer like Hankel would need constant reassurance. He would need a religious manifesto. He would have violent images, something along those lines. Garcia says there's nothing like that. Morgan asks about the videos of the murders that he posted. Does he watch those over and over? And Garcia says, well, it's weird. Those files even aren't aren't even there. All she has is a site that he set up that once he took over people's webcams, he could keep a running clock on them. And there's a certain point on each one that's bookmarked with a different heading. Headings like adulterer, liar, thief. Morgan says he just sits there watching people and he waits for them to commit a sin. And Garcia says, well, Reed is completely innocent. And Morgan says, well, if you dig deep enough on any of us, we all have our sins, including Reed. Mm. It's almost as if we're setting up a flashback episode. (laughs) You might think so. And you might be right. Uh, We cut next to Reed, who I should mention looks like he's been beaten up. He's got a big old bloody gash on the side of his head. Uh, I mean, it's not oozing blood, but... It looks like he's been roughed up, I should say. He, he's much the worse for wear. Yes. yes. He's not his usual uh, model runway quaffed self. <laughs> Hankel uh, opens the door to enter. It looks like they're in a cabin somewhere. Hankel has firewood in his hand. He looks at Reed and says, in his father's voice, he says, What are you staring at, boy? And Reed is like, oh, you aren't Raphael. And Hankel says, hilariously to me, he says, do I look like Raphael? (laughs) Yes, you do, actually. (laughs) He starts to put the uh, wood he's brought in into a a wood-burning oven that's there. Uh, Reed thanks him for for burning those uh, that wood, keeping them safe. Hankel is like, don't try to trick me, boy. And Reed says he would never do that. Hankel calls him a liar, which Reed denies. Hankel tells him that lying is a sin. He sits in front of Reed, grabs his legs, starts to take off his shoes, telling him it will all be over quickly if he just confesses his sins. Reed says he's not a sinner, and Hankel says they're all sinners. Uh, Reed starts going into some scripture. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation of the children of the Lord, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Hankel says, Ooh, you know you're Leviticus. <laughs> uh, Reed says he knows every word of the Bible. He can recite it. 
Hankel says that the devil knows how to read, too. Reed insists that he's not a devil, just a man. His name is Spencer Reed, and he has a mother and a father just like them. him. They taught him the Bible. Let him just recite the Bible for him. At this point, Hankel has taken off his socks and tells Reed that it's time to confess. Reed says he has nothing to confess, and Hankel swings something that I couldn't really see what it was, but I'm guessing it must be like a spiky paddle or something of that nature. He swings it at his foot. Yeah, it was very dark. It could even have been an extra piece of the firewood he brought in. I mean, it really doesn't matter yep. so much as uh, it's the hobbling scene from Misery, practically. <laughs> yes, uh, Reed lets out a scream as Hankel swings whatever it is at his foot. Uh, we cut to Prentice at Hankel's house. She finds a list of Narcotics Anonymous meetings. There's a name and a phone number on it, but it looks like it's about 12 years old. Gideon tells her to try it anyway. There's no bad leads. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> really, we've got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Gideon has found something under the wallpaper. He, he rips a section down. And under it, written all over the wall, are Latin words written over and over again. Honora, patrum, tuum, tuum, tuum. Honor thy father is what it means. Oh, I thought he was trying to invoke a Patronus spell from Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we cut next to JJ, who is in the bathroom. She's adjusting a bloody bandage on her arm. The result of her encounter with the dogs uh, she's staring into the mirror. She don't look great. She hears a dog all of a sudden growling and can see its reflection in the mirror behind her. She draws her weapon and turns around. But this isn't a dog. It's Prentice. Who's <laughs> 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 like, how dare you even <laughs> imply such a thing? <laughs> and she's like, oh, girl. Hey, JJ, it's me. Calm yourself. <laughs> and again, Emily. The brilliant profiler at this point does not go, let's get you back to that hospital bed or or, or get the medical in here. You've got a concussion or PTSD or something. Something going on. No, no, nothing. She just says, are you all right? And JJ is like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You scared me. I'm like. Let's, yeah, let's get our girl out of there. Give her some decompression time. (laughs) Uh, Princess thinks... That she needs some time, too. She tells her she is uh, talking to some guy that Hankel knew from Narcotics Anonymous. Why doesn't JJ go with her in the morning, uh, get out of the house? JJ agrees, and then she asks Prentice, how come all this doesn't get to her? And Prentice is like, what? It was just funny to me also. JJ explains, you know, she came off of her desk job. Now suddenly she's in the field, surrounded by mutilated bodies. And she doesn't even flinch. Um, Hotch has come up behind them at this point, And he says, yeah, she's right. You never even blink. And uh, Emily says, well, she guesses maybe she can compartmentalize better than most people. Uh, at that moment, Morgan is outside. He calls out for them. He's found something. Uh, he's found a cellar door, actually. So they draw their guns and they go down there. There's large blocks of ice all over the place. And then they find the body of Tobias Hankel's father preserved sitting there but it's looking all blue like he was like the night king from Gang of, Game of Thrones uh, yeah it's pretty a nice house it's a nice cellar you see all these cool blocks of ice uh, as, as you go down there I just think the, the thing that 
Morgan, uh, it was kind of one of those 50-50s. Like, he's happy he found the, the cellar door and, and a potential break in the case, but also very unhappy that uh, those cellar doors open outward so he couldn't kick it in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's spoiled the whole thing. So next we cut to Reed and Hankel. Hankel is there carrying the carcass of some kind of animal, telling Reed he needs to eat. And I'm hoping he's cooking it. <laughs> but <laughs> you never know with this guy. Uh, Reed asks what his name is, and he says, Tobias. I, I do have to say, Vanderbeek, I think, did a pretty good job in this episode and the previous acting and, and, and differentiating himself among the three different main personalities I think voice-wise, absolutely. I don't think there was much difference in the in the physicality, which is why every time he came in, Reed had to go, and who are you? <laughs> yes, and who are but, you now? Uh, but definitely, yeah, like you said, you know, it was definitely, I'm doing a voice, I'm, I'm the father. I'm, uh, I'm an angel. Hey, I'm, I'm Tobias. Uh, I'm Tobias, <laughs> yes, exactly. Pacey, come on, quit it. Don't go out with my girlfriend. <laughs> So Reed asks him who was there before, and he says it was probably his father. And then he looks at Reed's foot, and he says, I'm sorry if he hurt you. And then he pulls out a belt and starts to cinch Reed's arm up. And Reed is like, no, no, let's not do this. <laughs> um, Tobias is saying, oh, it, it helps. Trust me, it, it helps. He pulls out a vial of something and a syringe and tells Reed not to tell his father because he doesn't know that they're here. Reed begs him not to do it. He doesn't want it, but Tobias injects him. All of a sudden, we flash back. It's a young Reed, and a man is telling him to go in his room, and we see Reed's mother, once again played by the wonderful Jane Lynch, is there. Uh, she says, don't treat him like a child, and the man says he's not going to have this conversation in front of him. Reed starts quoting statistics about children growing up in two-parent households and how they attain more years of higher education than children of single parents. So he's he's been Reed for a long time, I'll just say. <laughs> yeah, like, so really, this is a boon for my educational prospects. Thank you. <laughs> Reed's mom starts saying she's not crazy, and his dad says, you refuse to take care of yourself. I can't help you. Uh, she can't even name what day of the week it is, and she calls Spencer's dad weak as he basically walks out on them. Spencer tells his mom that he's not weak, and she says she knows, and we bounce back to now to see our drugged-up Spencer saying he's not weak, he's not weak. Hankel says in his dad voice, he doesn't care if he's weak or strong, he can yell all he wants, no one's gonna hear him. And then he starts shouting himself to prove this, I guess. And uh, we cut to an outside shot of the cabin. We can see there are some grave markers, some headstones in the back. And then we cut to a commercial. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool to use this opportunity to kind of do some backstory on one of our characters. So I, I do appreciate that. And uh, it's also appropriate to the current storyline because we see that Reed has had plenty of experience from a very long time dealing with someone with some sort of tenuous grasp on reality. So, uh, well, well done, well chosen. If you're gonna write somebody get abducted, this 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 seems to all work very well together. Yep, yep, it does. We come back to uh, 
our farm set. It is daylight again, so I guess another a, a day has passed. And the sheriff pulls up to the farm. He gets out of his car, walks up to Morgan, and tells him that the coroner has put Charles Hankel's death at approximately six months ago. So the father's name is Charles. I think this was the first time we heard that. And now I have a name to give him conveniently. Uh, <laughs> Morgan says, well, that's got to be the stressor. And then because it still may have some new people, he <laughs> explains to the sheriff and uh, and the new people watching that that's probably what set him off. Uh, so that they're going to need to focus on that time period and see what was going on in his life at that point. So maybe they can get some kind of key to where he's hiding now. We cut to Prentice and JJ, who are with the contact who knew Tobias from Narcotics Anonymous. He's telling them he hasn't thought about that boy in probably 10 years. He was his sponsor in NA. Uh, And the sponsor says he was just a drunk, but Tobias was a whole different animal. His drug of choice was Deluded, which is a drugstore heroin. But he also used to cut it up with a psychedelic. So... It was more than just the, the diluted. It was, it was diluted, diluted or something like that. But yeah, whatever. Call it heroin. <laughs> Call it heroin yeah. because it certainly was not diluted. <laughs> it was yes. some stuff. At least it was some some weird LSD stuff. <laughs> exactly. The uh, sponsor tells them basically, Tobias was looking to escape from reality as far as he could get. If ever someone needed to self-medicate, it was him. Uh, Emily asks why, and the sponsor says, do you know about the dad? JJ says, uh, oh, well, they think that Tobias may have murdered his father. And the sponsor is like, well, good. Because, <laughs> good for uh, him. Yeah, good for him. Tobias's mother ran off with another man when he was seven. And his dad went section eight, as the sponsor says started preaching about sin and end-of-the-world type stuff. Uh, He used to beat Tobias silly. He burned a cross into his forehead when Tobias was 10. If Tobias wore a hat, he would beat him more. Prentice asks him if there was anyone that Tobias would turn to for help. Uh, The sponsor says he never left the house, and frankly, between everything that he's gone through, he's amazed Tobias is even still alive. Yeah, Section 8 is a term that uh, I've only ever, ever... Uh, ever heard on MASH because Klinger was always trying to get a Section 8 which would be a discharge from the army for being uh, Looney Tunes but uh, of course Cray-cray. as we learned yeah. in the level Cash 22 if you're sane enough to want to get out of the army with a Section 8 you can't possibly get a Section 8 <laughs> hence the Cash 22 yes indeed uh, we cut back to Morgan at the house He's found a journal of Tobias's uh, that has a bunch of religious ramblings in it. It's meticulous with updates hour by hour, but at a certain point, it just goes blank for days. Hotch has found something else, another journal. Uh, this one has an entry from December 6th that says, Father Sick, Father Sick wants me to put him down. I say thou shalt not kill. He says, honor thy father, must pray for guidance. So... They figure that he's killed his father as an act of mercy. Hotch points out that the journal was written two months ago, and Tobias's father was already dead for four months at that point. And I point out that that's really smart uh, date writing, because we know that the first the murder that we saw last week took place after the Super Bowl, which is in February. So, of course, December is two months. Uh, they didn't drop the ball on that. They were internally consistent. 
Good job, writers. <laughs> Yay. Um, Morgan does find some scuff marks on the floor. And it looks like he thinks it looks like two people were there moving chairs, constantly trying to fight for control. The sheriff is like, so? And Morgan explains that the journal matches Charles Hankel's handwritings, but it, it was written after he died. And there are two bedrooms upstairs. Tobias's has junk piled from floor to ceiling, but the other bedroom looks like it could pass for a military inspection. The sheriff asks if they're saying that one of Tobias's personalities was his father. Thanks for finally getting there. We were there, you know, in the first episode. <laughs> but, but <laughs> yes, I, it, it took such a long time. I mean, I think I think what the sheriff is saying that he's he's nailing it down. He's like, yeah, we all, we knew he had multiple personalities because there's this Raphael guy who keeps calling nine one one. So we knew there were two. Oh, you mean to tell me he's got more than two? And the father's one of them. I'm I'm willing to give him that. Although, yeah, this whole scene is like, yeah, we know. Split personality. You said that already. Yeah. Gideon says, Tobias was raised with a strict religious code, black and white, right and wrong. And when his father asked Tobias to kill him, something had to give. So Hotch says, his brain couldn't handle the moral contradiction. So it split into two personalities to keep his father alive. And then the sheriff says, well, then who the heck is Raphael? And Gideon says, well, he's a mediator between the two. Angels have no human emotions. Uh, they don't live or die. They don't care. They don't care who lives or dies, I should say. And that all they care about is as long as whatever happens is God's will. So Hotch says, well, now we need to profile Tobias's father because he may be the one who chose where they're going to take Reed. So Morgan says he'll get Garcia on it. He walks over to Garcia, tells her to get into the system as Tobias's father. She briefly protests that the system was only three months old and the father was already dead. But Morgan says, just humor him. Uh, so she logs in as Charles Hankel. And now all the violent imagery that Morgan was expecting from before, bombs exploding, yada, 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 uh, all of that comes up on the screen. I mean, it's, it's a nice shorthand, but come on. <laughs> He does not have the he does type in and all of a sudden 15 screens pop up with conveniently, uh, oh, bomb dropping. Oh, people beating each other. Like, ah, blood, guts. Like, yeah, you know, check the search history. You find these things. But I guess it's a shorthand to do it in two seconds. And I often do complain when they take too long to drag these things out. It's just kind of silly. Yeah. We cut next to uh, Vanderbeek. Asked Daddy Charles, and he's asking Reed if he's ready. Yeah, Charles in charge now, Reed. <laughs> he says, my son thinks God gave you to, to them for a reason. Let's see if they're both right. And so he spins Reed around in a chair, and he goes over, and he pulls out his uh, video camera, and puts it on the tripod, and points it at Reed. We cut back to the farm where J.J. and Prentice have arrived back from uh, talking to the sponsor and Gideon asks if they had any luck and Prentice says, well, he doesn't have any idea where Hankel might be, but they did learn that he has a serious drug problem. Dalu did. Hot says <laughs> that could explain the psychedelic fracture, the psychotic fracture. I'm sorry, the psychotic fracture. And they explain that Tobias is living as at least three people Again, they explain himself, Raphael, his father. The sheriff comes in. 
He just found out that a computer store was robbed late last night in a suburb of Atlanta, and the thief got four laptops, he got hard drives, he got a satellite, and they figure if that's Tobias, that means it puts him right back in business doing what he was doing before. Indeed. It's uh, very convenient, but okay. <laughs> He also he also got a couple power strips. Uh. <laughs> uh, we cut to Morgan. Double A batteries. Uh, there was some beef jerky missing from the counter. <laughs> My man is set up. Uh, we cut to Morgan and Garcia, and he asks uh, her what happened. As a bunch of monitors all of a sudden go dark, Garcia is like, "I don't know." And then they pop up all of a sudden with the video of Reed sitting down. He's beaten on a chair. One of his socks is still off. Garcia is like, oh, my God. And, and Morgan calls everyone in there. And they're all shocked at what they're seeing. JJ's asking if they can track it. And Garcia says, it's only being sent to this one home computer. Uh, so Gideon says, oh, this message is for, the, for them. He knows that they're there. Morgan stalks off all pissed off. He's going to put this guy's head on a stick. Hotch asks Garcia why she can't locate him. She has to explain computers to him and the internet. And uh, but the computers, the internet, the fact that she's not using uh, BAU uh, hardware and software and clickety clack. It's I uh, got to use Hinkle's clickety clack, and he doesn't have that power here, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, she says basically she's going th that Hinkle's going through thirty different. I mean, he's going through uh, different IP addresses every 30 seconds. She can't possibly track him. Hankel says to Reed, so you really can see into men's minds. And he shows them laptops with uh, spy cam videos of different people. And it's streaming. And he says, you got to choose one. Choose one who can live and you can choose one who will die. Reed is like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Hankel basically points out to Reed he has no choice. If he imagines himself to be some kind of savior, he can pick one person and Hankel will say the name and address out loud so that the other heathens that are watching can go save them. But if Reed doesn't make a choice, they're all going to die. So after thinking about it, Reed finally says, OK, the one on the far right monitor. So Hankel says, OK, that's Marilyn David, 4913 Walnut Creek Road. And the team quickly pulls up her information. Gideon calls her and it looks like instantaneously tells her uh, she's being watched because she's like, hello, what? And then goes directly over to the camera and shuts it off. <laughs> I thought that conversation happened a little fast. but <laughs> yeah, The conversation always happens fast when they need it to happen quickly. <laughs> more more yeah. often than I was like, the FBI? Oh, come on. Is this you, Johnny? Are you pulling a trank on me? Click. <laughs> Call back. Oh, it really is the FBI. What do you mean? What? A computer? I don't have a... Well, I guess my laptop's over. <laughs> yeah. You mean you can see me right now? Yeah. I mean, it would have been a little bit longer than, than it took. But uh, anyway, she shuts off the camera. Hankel uh, turns around Reed and turns around to Reed. And he can tell that Hankel has switched personalities at this point. Reed's like, Raphael? And Raphael goes to the video camera at that point, shuts it off, and Reed's image disappears from the monitors that the BAU team is looking at. Uh, Morgan is all unhappy. And we cut back to Raphael telling Reed he's done his part. Now it's his turn. 
The sheriff asks Gideon, what do they do now? Do they just sit there and wait for another 911 call and hope they get there in time? And we don't get an answer. Instead, we cut to a bit later and we see a couple in their home and Reed is watching all this on the monitor as Raphael comes in after the husband goes to the kitchen to get some wine. And Raphael now has got a knife to the woman. He's telling her to be quiet as he picks up the phone, calls 911, gives him the address. And then he kills the woman while Reed is crying and watching on. And we cut to a commercial. Yeah, And again, this is one of those situations where much like uh, the there's somebody watching you on your computer, turned it off. Oh, OK, click. This also happens a lot more quickly. And certainly if there was a man with a knife in my house, suddenly who knows how I would react. But there was a lot of slow reaction there by everybody in that scene. It just seemed a little bit not natural that like she wouldn't go honey or you know him come running yeah. in he's like oh oh dear there is someone standing with a knife there i'll just stand here quietly and wait for him to come over and stab me yes i was gonna yell and scream for help but he told me to be quiet yeah <laughs> so. well, i mean he is calling 911 yeah. so <laughs> i yeah. guess the police are on the way we're saved we're saved honey nothing to worry about <laughs> Uh, we come back from commercial and the sheriff, Gideon and Hotch are at the new crime scene. The victims were slaughtered just like the others. The sheriff says they have roadblocks set up, but so far they haven't caught anyone. Hotch worries how much longer can Reed hold out. Our latest victims are Pam and Mike Hayes. And uh, they have a Bible passage just like the other ones. This one is Isaiah 59. Uh, as Hotch is reading that out, Gideon walks over to the laptop with the webcam and he says into it, hey, Reed, if you're watching, you are not responsible for this. You understand? This guy is perverting God to justify murder. You are stronger than him. He cannot break you. You are good enough, uh, strong enough. And gosh darn it, people <laughs> like you. Uh, we see Reed is watching indeed, but he appears to be emotionless and drained. Perhaps maybe even he is a little bit broken at this point. Or perhaps he's still got residual psychedelic heroin in his body. <laughs> <laughs> Another good point. Yes. But I'm sure I'm sure the medical professionals, if they had walked in right there, would have said, you're fine, go home, because they don't find anything wrong with anybody. We cut back to the farm, and JJ has approached Morgan in the kitchen. Uh, he thought she was getting some rest, but she needs says she needs to be working and she says, funny, I keep thinking that the one thing that we need to crack this case is, well, Reed. And JJ is like, you think Reed and I should have stayed together at the barn? She says this to Morgan. And he's like, just go get some rest, JJ. But she's pressing on. She's like, I can tell that's what you're thinking. And Morgan is like, look, I just want Reed to get home safe. And JJ says, but if I had his back like I was supposed to, he'd be here now. Morgan asks her what she wants from him. She says she just wants someone to tell her the truth. And Morgan, I'm not sure if he was being unkind or maybe he was just giving her what she wanted. He says the truth is that one of you are here and one of you isn't. You got to figure out the rest for yourself. Yeah, it's not. I mean, really, what he was saying is, damn right, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. That's what he wanted to say. That every, And if that's not what, what he was thinking, then he should have said something else because everything in his fiber being was sending that off and JJ was picking up on that too so it's like, you're not helping this is JJ yeah. she's, even in her concussed state 
is going to pick up what you're putting down. And you did not disavow her of that, so she must be right. We next cut to Hotch and Gideon, and Hotch is saying that they, they aren't getting any closer to figuring this out. Gideon is saying, Reed is brilliant. He'll figure out a way to survive. And Hotch says... Uh, he always takes advantage of Reed for his brain, but he's never taught him how to deal with things emotionally. And Gideon says, well, you lead by example. And Hotch says, yeah, just what kind of example is that? And, and Gideon tells him, don't worry, Reed is going to make it. We've seen no evidence of anything but fragility on Reed's part, to be honest. And I would blame Gideon more before I would blame Hotch, because Reed looks up to Gideon, not not Hotch. So I don't I don't know why Hotch is taking mm. this so bad, but uh, and Gideon isn't. But you know that's their personalities. It does make sense in that regard. But really, Hotch, it's it's Gideon's fault, not yours. Yeah. If y'all gonna look for someone to blame, you blame JJ for not having his back, and you blame Reed for not being a good father figure. Um, <laughs> we do cut back to. Reed and uh Hankel is back in the uh back in the house <laughs> and he's putting the belt around his arm again so Reed is like Tobias and Hankel says he's sorry he had to leave for a while uh Reed tells him he can leave again but this time take Reed with him <laughs> and <laughs> Tobias says oh no my father would be angry and Reed says not if he can't find us to which Tobias says oh he always finds me of course he does. Um, and kudos, Reed no, says, kudos to Reed for trying. Like, oh, we can get out of here. And, and kudos for like uh, the the cleverness of like, yeah, well, no, he'll find us. He goes, hey, dumbass, he's inside my head. <laughs> yes. uh, so Reed says, if you tell me where we are, my friends will come and they'll save us. Uh, Tobias isn't going for it. And he instead has his drugged syringe back out and says to Reed, tell me this doesn't make it all better. He jabs Reed again, and Reed goes into another young Reed flashback. This time, he's waking up his mom. It's the middle of the afternoon. He's drawing the curtain back. Uh, she says she's resting, and he tells her that the doctor says that she needs to get out of bed. She says she's been reading, and Reed says, well, you need exercise. And uh, she says, well, that's because the doctor's idea of good literature is our bodies ourselves. And Reed says, well, he's your doctor, and she says, well, he's a ne Neanderthal. A Neanderthal. Neanderthal, which is the actual pronunciation of the word, which just shows how snooty she is. <laughs> yes. And uh, Reed starts to leave, but she says, uh, let me read to you. And he hops on the bed and she points at her books and she says, pick one. And he does. And she says, uh, Proust, beautiful choice. And she starts to read to him and he looks at her. And maybe it's not obvious, but I feel like you can see his mouth moving along with the words a little bit. Not a, a lot, but a little bit. Like, he knows. He knows. He's memorized this already. It's not anything new to him. Again, this is our read. If, he, if, if he's read it once, then he has it locked in there forever. Except when the plot needs us to have him not do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> in the next 15 seasons... I better not see any point Reed going, oh, that's in the Bible, I think, but I don't remember it. <laughs> anyway, we cut back to the present and uh, Reed's head is tilted back. He is completely zonked out, drugged out, head tilted back on his chair. Uh, then we cut back to the farm where JJ comes up to Garcia she asks if there's been any more sign of Reed, and Garcia says no. But our 
Our killer has just posted the last murder online. It's already had over 17,000 hits in the first 20 minutes. JJ says she wants to see it, and Garcia's like, no, you don't. And JJ snaps at her, don't tell me what I want and I don't want. Uh, after she sees Garcia looking at her like she cray-cray, she explains, look, if if she can't watch this, it shows that she doesn't belong out in the field. Garcia is like, Jage, honey, girl, it's not a competition. And uh, JJ says she needs to see it. Garcia tells her if she stops being affected by things that you see, you're going to lose part of yourself. And Garcia and JJ says, just show me. So Garcia starts the video, but she says she's not going to watch it with her, gets up and leaves. JJ sits down and starts watching it. Again, something's up with JJ. I admire that she wants to uh, power through and, and, and fight through whatever she's going through. But, uh, you know, concussion. Concussion, folks. Concussion. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, cut to Morgan and uh, Prentice, and they're studying the photos. They got them posted up on a wall uh, of Hankel. And Morgan says that they can trace the whole family history. There's pictures of a, a young, happy, smiling Tobias, report cards, all A's and B's. But then at eight years old, nothing. And Prentice says, oh, yep, that's when his mother uh, left. Six months later, on the other side of the board, there's a they have a form from Child Services saying that they paid a visit to the house. And Morgan says, and then Charles starts keeping journals about punishing sinners and needing to remove the devil from his son. And that corresponds to Tobias's drug use. He's trying to escape. Morgan says, wherever Reed is was Tobias's choice, not his father's. Emily asks him how he figures that. Morgan says, well, look at these two lives. They're like inverse graphs of each other. One is getting weaker while the other is getting angrier. Tobias would just run away, but his father would have stood and fought. And Prentice says, so Tobias uses drugs as an escape. And she'll go back over his journals to see if she can find anything connecting his drug use to some kind of hiding place. JJ comes in to let them know that the latest murder has been posted. Cut to Gideon asking why they can't take the video down. It's season two, episode 15, and Gideon still does not understand how the internet works. <laughs> yes. Garcia again explains how it works to him. She can't just take it down. Once it's been out there, it's out there. He wants her to do something, anything. They don't want this guy thinking he has a pulpit. Garcia has a list of everyone on the sharing chain. <laughs> um... So she figures she can send out a post to that, which says that the video is actually a virus. She does that. And then we see the message pop up on the screen uh, over at, at the Vanderbeek location. And he's like, no, no. And he turns around to Reed saying, they're trying to silence my message. Uh, Reed says he can't control what they do. He's not with them. He's with him. And Hankel says, really? And pulls up Gideon's message from before that uh, he left for Reed. And Reed just says, uh, he doesn't know what that's about, but Hankel calls him a lighter. And then he notices all the syringe marks in Reed's arm. He says, it's pitiful. He's just like his son. Hankel turns on the camera and tells Reed to confess his sins. And Garcia and Gideon are looking on this whole thing in horror now. Hankel slaps Reed, who cries out that he hasn't done anything. And Hankel punches him hard in the face. Uh, 
Reed cries out again, and then he screams for Tobias to help him. But Hankel says, he can't help you. He's weak. Confess. Confess your sins. Garcia is clutching Gideon's hands as they watch. And Hankel's up in Reed's face, and he whispers in his ear to confess his sins. And Reed says, no. Hankel says, no, and violently knocks Reed in the chair on his back onto the floor. And all of a sudden, Reed starts convulsing, and he's choking on his own saliva, and it's looking pretty gruesome, and and he's uh, convulsing. Garcia's like, oh my God, he's killing him. Reed is gasping, gulping. His eyes roll back in his head, and Hankel says, well, that's the devil vacating your body. And Reed goes unconscious as we go to a break. R.I.P. Spencer Reed. It was a great character while he lasted on the show. It's too bad he's dead now. And uh, it's a shame because there were so many stories we could have explored with him over the next couple of years. But uh, well, I wonder what happened to Matthew Gray Goldberg. I mean, he never certainly was seen ever again after this episode. Yeah, uh, it's too bad because I enjoyed his character, like you say. And uh, I'll miss him. We come back from break. Uh, AJ and Hankel is outside. He's uh, having a conversation with himself, sort of like Gollum had a conversation with Smeagol in, uh, in Lord of the Rings. Or Saves him, you will. No, <laughs> saves him, you won't. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's saying, ah, oh, he was a sinner. And then he, he hears Tobias say, well, you haven't proven that. And then Charles's voice says, oh, they all are in the end. And then we cut to Gideon. We see a rare moment of Gideon sort of questioning himself, uh, telling himself, oh, he did the right thing. He had had to stop the video. He did the right thing. There's no question. And we cut back to Hankel, who's saying in Tobias's voice, God gave him to me for a reason. And Charles's voice says, your work is done. Tobias answers, I can save him. I can save him. And Charles says, how? By breathing a killer's breath into his body. We see him struggle with himself for a moment, and then he turns around with a cry and runs into the cabin. We cut to Hotch, who has fetched Gideon, and we see that the team is all looking at the video where Tobias is frantically performing CPR on Reed, and he is successful as Reed takes a deep breath and opens his eyes. What? Mm Mm-hmm. He's not dead after all, AJ, or he was, but he's back now. I thought for sure he was dead. No, I thought it was I thought it was a cute little cute little thing to show Gideon arguing with himself just as the beak is arguing with himself. Uh and we consider one crazy and one normal. So <laughs> Yeah. I I kinda like that juxtaposition. Even if they didn't go back to Gideon enough times to make it really work, at least at least they right. hinted at it. They had, a, they had a germ of an idea there at least. Mm-hmm. Um as Reed is coming too, we do see that he takes a glimpse around at his surroundings. And he actually sees a a gravestone and and reads the engraving on it. So perhaps now Reed has a better idea of where he might be. At least the gravestone didn't say, here lies Spencer Reed. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that would have been a different show. (laughs) Prentice asks when the video of the last murder posted. Uh, It was at 9.23. And Prentice says, well, what was the time of death? And Hotch says, well, the 911 call came in at 9.04. So the murder must have been just a few moments after that. And JJ says, well, that's only a 19-minute difference. So Morgan asks, well, how long would it take to post the video? Garcia says, 
two or three minutes. So Morgan says, let's call it two minutes. You figure a maximum of 60 miles an hour in a residential area. That means Hankel has to be within a 17 mile radius of the crime scene. And I'm not checking the math, but go ahead, Morgan. You do you. You know what? I think all of them deserve credit for this one. Like the, that's mm-hmm. team where Emily like, hey, wait a second. And JJ's like, hey, wait a second. Hotter's like, hey, wait a second. Garcia's like, yes, I'll answer your question. And Morgan's like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, Garcia plots out the 17 mile radius on a map. And Gideon says to call Faraday, who I guess that's our sheriff's name, but I don't think they haven't mentioned it until this very moment. I, I will say, I will say this about about Garcia calling off the map, although it's certainly within her her realm of expertise to do that. I just love that she has the proper computer software to do just about anything that is visually uh, appealing for us. Like, oh yes, I'll use that map program that I have on. Tobias Hinkle's computer that automatically calls up a 17-mile radius in a perfect circle and blows it up when we need it. Because that program's definitely already on his computer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Garcia calls their attention back to the monitor. Uh, Hinkle has picked up Reed, and he's telling him uh, that he's come back to life. And Reed is like, oh, Raphael. And he says to Reed... Since you came back to life, there can only be one of two reasons. And so he asks him how many members are on his team. Reed says, well, seven. And Raphael says some scripture from Revelation about seven archangels versus the seven angels of death. And he tells Reed to tell him who he serves. Instead of saying Gozer, he says, (laughs) uh, I serve you, which is the right thing to say if a God asks you. Uh, if someone anyway. asks you if you're a God, you say no. If someone asks you who you serve, you say you. Yes. It's, it's, it's yeah, a corollary yes. of the uh, Gazarian theorem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then uh, Reed says, I serve you. And so Raphael tells him, well, then he has to choose one of the team to die. And Reed is like, instantly says, kill me then, if if that's the choice. Raphael says, you said you weren't one of them. And Reed says, well, then I lied. Raphael says, your team has six other members. You tell me who dies. And Reed says, no. So Raphael does his one bullet in the chamber thing again, spins it, and uh, points the gun at Reed's head. He says, choose and prove you do, you'll do God's will. Reed says, no. He pulls the trigger and it clicks. He tells him again to choose. Reed says he won't do it. He pulls the trigger again. It clicks again. Raphael says, life is a choice. Choose. And Reed says, no. He pulls the trigger yet again. No shot. By the way, the, every, the other team is like looking at this, just looking on. In horror, and, yes. Abject horror and, and impotency. <laughs> yes. There's nothing they can do. So he tells Reed one more time to choose. And Reed thinks for a moment because he, like I, figured... Well, the next one of these uh, next ones is going to be the shot, buddy. So uh, <laughs> he, he's like, hey, well, 86 percent chance I won't. Die. 63 percent. Uh, OK, uh, we're down to 33 percent now. So uh, uh, Reed thinks for a moment and then he says, all right, I choose Aaron Hotchner. And at first I was like, damn, Reed, <laughs> didn't have to think too hard about that, did you? Uh 
But then Reed starts going into something. He starts saying, oh, he's a classic narcissist. He thinks he's better than everyone else on the team. And of course, I realized at that moment, oh, okay, he's trying to let them in onto a cl- as a clue as to where he, he could possibly be. Because there's no other reason he would start talking like this. Uh, so he says a little bit of scripture. He says, Genesis 23, 4. Let him not deceive himself and trust in emptiness, vanity, falseness, and futility, for these shall be his recompense. Hotch immediately takes off out of the room, and I assume that it was to go get a Bible. And uh, Hankel raises the gun, aims it over Reed's head, and pulls the trigger, and a shot rings out. So it's a good thing he gave him a name that time. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) He puts another bullet in the gun. He says, uh, this is God's will. He spins the chamber. Gideon and the team walk over to Hotch, who looks up from the, uh, a Bible that he's been reading. And he says, he's not a narcissist. And Gideon starts to say, look, you can't take anything <laughs> that he's, Reed was saying. Seriously, he's not in his right mind. And Hotch says, no, 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 you guys don't understand. Stop. Okay, everybody right now, tell me what's my worst quality. <laughs> and he didn't, to me, he didn't have to say this. He could have jumped to the point, but we, they had to have a moment where everybody gets to say something bad about Hodge. It was pretty funny. <laughs> it was funny, but I feel like that was the only reason he did this part. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so after a moment, he says, uh, all right, I'll start. I have no sense of humor. And JJ says, well, you're a bully. And Morgan's like, oh, yeah, you can be a drill sergeant sometimes. Hodge is like, right, right. And then Prentice is like, uh, you don't trust women as much as you trust men. <laughs> and I was like, damn. And I was just like, uh, okay, good, good. Uh, I'm all of these things. But none of you said I put myself above the team because I don't ever. And Reed and I argued about the definition of classic narcissism. And he knew I would remember that. Also, he quoted Genesis chapter 23, verse 4. He hands it to JJ and says, read it. Uh, she reads it out loud. I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me property, forbear a place among you, that I may, be, may bury my dead out of my sight. Hotch says, Reed wouldn't have got this wrong unless it was on purpose. Morgan says, uh, oh, he's in a cemetery. <laughs> Plus two people's four, Morgan. <laughs> so uh, they bring up the map from before. They don't immediately see a cemetery. But Gideon says, you know what? Call up the first time we saw Reed. Uh, And it's the video of him saying, I won't choose who gets slaughtered. And then he looks straight into the camera and he says, and have you leave their remains behind like a poacher? Hotch tells Garcia to check to see if there were any reports of poaching in the last couple of days. (laughs) This one is just stupid. I'll buy the fake Bible verse. Totally accept it. Reed has not memorized the locations of all the most recent poaching (laughs) investigations. I'm sorry. That's just not something he would have done. (laughs) (laughs) Garcia says, well, a farmer has reported two sheep being slaughtered on his property. And uh, she brings up the area on the map. And JJ asks, well, what's that area there? He says, Hotch says, it's Marshall Parish, Parish. I think it's an old plantation. And Prentice says that rings a note for her. She says, Tobias wrote in one of his journals about 
staying clean and keeping away from Marshall. Garcia's computer then beeps and she says, let me rephrase that. Hankel's computer beeps. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, tells her, hey, there's a cemetery on the grounds of Marshall Parish. No, why couldn't Rita just come up with a fake verse that said, and I will marshal my forces against you? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe that would have been a better clue than poachers. Look it up. You'll see there's a report near Marshall Parish. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. Hey, hey, uh, I am not guilty of anything, Tobias, except being a Celtics fan. Boy, that Robert Parrish was really good. <laughs> I assumed that Reed didn't actually know exactly where they were, and the reason he brought up the poachers was because he saw the carcass of the animals. I suppose, but, you know, but yeah, still- he, 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 Yes, okay, the guy, Tobias, brought in animals, which clearly means that he got the animals from somewhere, but he could have just found them in the woods, yeah. so... Yeah, it, that's a leap to it, take. It's a leap. <laughs> the cemetery, I'll grant you. Uh, yeah. Unnecessary, but okay. Yeah. We cut to Reed next, uh, slurping what I'm assuming is water from a cup <laughs> that Hankel is holding to his face. Ah, and- it's really me, Raphael. It was poison. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> After drinking, he looks over and asks Tobias if that's him. He says, yeah, gives Reed another drink. Reed thanks him. And then he says, you know, you saved my life. He looks at Reed and says he's sorry. And Reed asks why. And Tobias says, well, because he's going to win in the end. Reed asks him if they are in a cemetery, and Tobias nods his head yes, so Reed knows he must have given the right clues. And Tobias says he used to he used to come there to get high, and Reed smiles, uh, says he was right. Tobias says no one would bother him here. He never told anyone about it. And then he gives Reed another injection of the drug, so it's time for one more Reed flashback. This time he's young man Reed, so Matthew Gray Gubler can play himself at this point, finally. He walks into a room where his mother is. This scene was kind of heartbreaking to me, AJ. He's got the two uniformed guys from the mental hospital with him. Uh, she asks them what they're doing, asks them what they're doing there. He says they're from the hospital, they're here to help her. She says they don't need any help. And those guys can't be there without permission. Tell him, Spencer. And his lip trembles as he tells her that he's the one that called them. He's doing this for her. She's saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is not legal. And one of the men says, your son is 18. He can act in your welfare. Reed says she needs help. She breaks down crying, saying she wants to stay there. Reed says he's sorry. The men approach her. She pleads. She's saying, these are my things. This is my life. Don't. But they take her uh, and start to walk her away. And Reed, as she passes, says again, says he's sorry. And she's saying, Spencer, Spencer, please don't do this to me. And Reed turns around crying. And it was a heartbreaking little scene. And the real kick in the head is that you just know, even though it's not said, you just know that this is probably his 18th birthday and he's waiting to do this for several months and he just couldn't until he turned 18. And, you know, Reed's the type of person who would have planned this for six months and had been sitting on this and thinking about it. So it's even more heartbreaking, perhaps, than even on the surface. Yep. 
We cut to drugged Reed in his chair, and he's still saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And uh, Hankel has now switched over to Charles, and he says, What are you sorry for, boy? And Reed says, uh, I sent her away. Hankel says, Who? Reed says, My mom. I couldn't help her. Hankel is like, Is that a confession? And Reed nods his head. He says, I confess. And Hankel says, You know your Bible? Exodus 21, 17. And Reed says, And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Which is harsh. <laughs> I mean... Old Testament is pretty harsh. Could there be a little wiggle room there? <laughs> uh, Hankel kneels down and unlocks the handcuffs from Reed's hands. He tells him to go grab a shovel and we go to a break. I mean, uh, I'm sure he could have called uh, called Father Charles on something there. It's like, hey, uh, what are you wearing? Is that mixed fabrics? <laughs> <laughs> well, surely he shall be put to death. Ha ha, I got you. <laughs> so, AJ, we come back from break. Reed is digging a grave. And uh, Hankel is like, I ought to bury you alive down there. Give you time to think about what you've done. Reed says he knows what he's done, and Hankel tells him not to talk back to him. Dig. <laughs> we cut back to the front of the cabin, and the team has arrived. They kick in the door. I'm assuming it was Morgan, but I, don't, I didn't really <laughs> notice if it was. But the door is kicked in, and they quickly search the place. They realize that Hankel and Reed must be on foot, so they all split up to search the grounds. Uh, Hankel is yelling at Reed to dig faster, and Reed is saying he's not strong enough. And Hankel is like, you're all weak. And he starts to head over to Reed. But then he's distracted all of a sudden by the lights from the people searching. And Reed reaches out and grabs the gun off the ground and points it at Hankel. Hankel tells Reed there's only one bullet in that gun. Reed doesn't care about the odds there. He pulls the trigger and then the shot goes off and hits Hankel. The team shouts out, starts to rush over their way. Reed goes over to Hankel, who looks at him, and then he says in Tobias's voice, You killed him. Reed says, Tobias. And Tobias says, You think I'll get to see my mom again? And Reed says he's sorry. Team comes upon him. Hotch asks him if he's all right. Uh, Reed says, I knew you'd understand, and he hugs Hotch. JJ comes over, and Reed gives her a big hug. She apologizes. And Reed says, oh, no, it's all right. It's not your fault. Gideon comes over and says, let's get you out of here. Starts to take him away. And Reed pauses for a moment. And he says he, he needs a second alone. So the others give him that second alone. They, they walk off. Reed kneels down by a hankle, reaches into a pocket, grabs a few vials of the psychedelic heroin out of his pocket, and puts them into his own pocket. We fade to black episode over. Yeah, that was a nice little nice little ending to the episode there because uh, his eyes are wide open on the ground, the beak, and you think, oh, he's just going to close his eyes and say something over him. But no, no, he's going back for his drugs. Yeah, I think the fact that he saw his mother is why he wants the drugs, wants to continue. I don't think... It's been, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know how long it would take you to get addicted to something like that. But I think the emotional aspect is what may 
put him into some form of addiction. I don't know. I'm just predicting the future at this point. But oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. It's uh, I will say, considering how much he's been uh, shot up with the goofballs there. It's amazing to me that he was so accurate with his shot. I mean, you know, I guess he was aiming at his foot. That's, <laughs> that's what he does. He aims at the foot and he hits him right in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> or in the head or, you know, the perfect kill shot. Yeah. And uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I feel like now Reed has shot more <laughs> more uh, unsubs than anyone else on the show. <laughs> it feels like it. It feel, I, well, I think Elle probably is still in the lead, <laughs> well, but yeah. she probably shouldn't have, whereas <laughs> Reed's at least were justified. <laughs> yes. Uh, boy. Uh, so let's check out our Bowerometer, AJ. Uh, we do this every episode, uh, except for last episode because it was two-parter, but do we think the team won this episode? You know, I got to give for this two-part episode, uh, although uh, in terms of ratings, they won big time. Uh, yeah, we got to call this a push. I mean, no one came out of this fully good. I mean, Gideon is is not all that happy with his decisions. And we know JJ is certainly not doing well. And Reed just stole drugs off a of dead unsub. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they, they still didn't catch this guy for a couple more killings. I, yeah, we, we got to call this one a push because even though he, he's he gone now, um, they, they were able to rescue Reed. I'm not going to call it a full loss, but they certainly didn't win. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't feel as satisfied in a victory as I would normally feel uh, after this particular one, so... Agreed. The other thing we like to do, AJ, at the end of uh, each episode, we like to have a little quiz. We do? Based, well, I shouldn't say based, we do, uh, inspired by the episode that we've just watched. So, uh, how about it, my friend? All right, well, let's let's go through this. A couple of questions here. Three, in fact. Uh, Inspired by the episode. Uh, If you like trivia, I got a whole bunch of uh, episodes of Beat My Guest sitting there on your local podcast downloadable uploadable device for you to check out there your podcatchers whatever check them out uh let's go let's go first question here i think this one is a layup but i have to ask it sir the school of athens the sistine madonna saint george and the dragon these are all works associated with what Renaissance artist? This might be a layup for most people, AJ, uh, but I suck at art questions. Uh, the the Saint George and the Dragon uh, uh, is was uh, that sounds so familiar. I feel like I'm gonna feel stupid when this is all said and done. <sighs> Shoot. Dang it. It would be an art question. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Michelangelo. I don't know, no, AJ. You know, if you had asked me to write, you can't see this here, but it says he's going to say Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, are you familiar with the, uh, the Ninja Turtles and all that stuff? Yeah, so I would have. I was actually my next guess would have been a Ninja Turtle. Uh, so yeah, I guess go through. I my next guess would have been Raphael. Hello, Raphael. 
Oh, duh. <laughs> yeah. Raphael, inspired by the episode. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why did I do that? <laughs> but I, no, but I get the point because I wrote right here. He's going to say Michelangelo. <laughs> yes. You know me so well. Uh, you are 100% right. I should have gotten that with but a second of thought. I, I profiled you perfectly on that one. All right. <laughs> yes, Raphael was the answer there. So here's question two. No, again, no multiple choice because I think you can figure this one out if you think carefully. I need the name of an actor. What actor played a character? In 76 episodes of a hit sitcom, the character's middle name was Onyango. I need the name of the actor who played a particular character in 76 episodes of a hit sitcom. The middle name of this character was Onyango. Uh, boy, I feel like I should know this one, but... Uh, Onyego, Onyego, Lego, my Onyego. Uh, darn it. And TV is my category, usually, AJ. Mm hmm. Mm, Onyego. Um, <laughs> let me think about it a second. Uh, Onyego. I have a feeling I'm going to shake my head in shame once I hear the answer. Like, I should have remembered this. Uh, but I don't remember this at all. Uh, so I am going to say I'm just going to come up with a sitcom actor. And I'm going to say it was <laughs> Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> Tony it, it, from taxi right <laughs> all right well <laughs> i don't know oh wait those sitcoms both lasted way yes. longer than 76 episodes all right go for it nevertheless uh i i do not get the point on this one either because i i thought you were going to say william jackson harper thinking that was cheaties oh yeah <laughs> however uh, this was a character whose full name was Tobias Onyango. I was going to say David Cross. I 100% was going to say David Cross. But then I said, well, Arrested Development isn't really a sitcom because it's more of a dang it. And I, 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 I am not lying. I am not lying. I was going to say David Cross. Ah, I should have went with my first instinct. And Cross also, you know, appropriate because there's, you know, the religious overtones of this episode, mm -hmm. Tobias. It all comes together, yeah. but you are over two. Ah, dang it. All right, well, here comes the real meat. The only question that we really care about. <laughs> Where we preview next week's episode of Criminal Minds in this week's episode of Floney's Pundits by asking you question three. What is the plot of Criminal Minds? Season 2, Episode 16, entitled Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing. This is multiple choice, of course. Is it A, 
after his ordeal with the beak, Reed heads home to Las Vegas to make amends with his mother. Is it B? Hotch, in an effort to reform his image with the BAU team, decides to let Morgan be the leader on what should be an easy case in Morgantown, West Virginia. See, Hotch does have a sense of humor. Is it C? JJ, her faith shaken, decides to take some time off to reevaluate her job, only to be taken hostage by ruthless bank robbers. Or is it D? The facts of life are all about racism when multiple African-American women are found dead in beautiful Peekskill, New York. Mm. Uh, <laughs> okay. In my head, as soon as you said fear and loathing, I thought, okay, we're going back to Las Vegas to deal with Reed's situation. That's where the episode ended. That's where we're going to move on. But so many times have I thought that, AJ. I mean, not that specific, but, you know, that it's going to carry on from the last one. And then it does not right away. The carry on happens a little bit later down the road. It would also make sense, but uh, that we would go further with JJ's uh what happened to her this episode, the effects of that, but to be taken hostage again so quickly, like another BAU team member in peril yet again so soon, I don't feel like they're going to do that. So that leaves me with either the Morgantown, <laughs> which I'm kind of hoping for, or that leaves me with uh, choice D, which was the peak skill facts of life joke that I truly appreciate. And I don't know if some of our younger uh, <laughs> listeners, if we have any younger listeners get that, but I get it and appreciate you for that. What is my choice, AJ? I am going to say we are going to put Morgan in charge of a case in Morgantown. Choice B. Yes, indeed. Choice B uh, I mean, just because, you know, we end with Reed stealing some drugs and getting all nostalgic about his mama, that doesn't mean we're going to go back to Las Vegas and visit with his mama. In fact, that is not what we're doing. We are going to Peak Skill New York. <laughs> Dang it! <sighs> I always yes. can get the 50-50, but... <laughs> Racially motivated killings in peak skill. Mm-hmm. Ah. Fear and loathing, of course. <laughs> Perfect of course. Title. I should have gotten that. You're right. It was obvious from the title. Hey, hey if I didn't know, I would have guessed the biggest one, too. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh, well. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. And just to round out the episode, uh, we did say Revelations. Gideon said it when talking about the Bible. So uh, a 
Oh, Check yeah. mark two out of yeah. the last three now. We've, we, we've had uh, the episode title mentioned, so we'll see what happens next week. Well, that's good. What we didn't get, what I thought we might get, is a, a near-death de- vision uh, this episode. But, you know. So close. That's okay. So close. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, that was another episode of Felonious Pundits. We're all done now. So thank you for joining us uh, this week. I hope you had a great time. Uh, And as I always say, please be sure to subscribe to rate and review our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. Let's let's really do that this time. I know I say it every episode. Um, And we've we've gotten a couple of nice little five star reviews uh, from back from episode one, AJ. And I don't I haven't checked lately, but I don't think we've gotten any reviews since then. So. If you're listening to this, how about uh, logging into the old iTunes and giving us a, a rating, a five star? And if you don't do it, you're a liar. <laughs> uh, also, folks, if you'd love to, you can write us at feloniouspundits at gmail.com, or even if you would just like to. Uh, and you can follow us on our Twitter at podcast underscore pundits. For AJ Mass, this is Kentad Svensgard saying goodbye. And keep profiling. Wheels up. His words, how they hurt me. I'll never forget it. And as the time it went by, I lived to regret it. You're no son. You're no son of mine. Genesis. <laughs>